What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for tuning in to uh, another episode of the Live Free Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mike Maxwell. Today's guest is Mr. Michael Schwong. Uh, I wonder if I enunciated that properly. He he says how to enunciate his last name properly in the in the interview. He sat down for an interview via Skype from his studio in Los Angeles. Um, we talked the Rapture Alarm, Mike Stilkey, Sling Left Gallery, Human Failure, Lowering Expectations, Leaf Beards, Mexican Internets, Comedy, Smiling, Nautical Mythologies, Tattoos, Pearl, Human Pyramids, The Narwhal, Olus Magnus, and Facial Hair. So, as always, make sure you check out the website, MikeMaxwellArt.com. You can click on the blog and get all the links and information about each artist. You can also donate to the podcast from there. I was thinking about making a little like how-to video to do some of this stuff because, uh, one, I want to get more people subscribing to the podcast on iTunes. It helps us get into the um, the rankings. Uh, they they measure the the popularity of the podcast by the number of downloads that it gets. So the more people that subscribe and download, the the better the um, the numbers will get on the show. We just reached um, number eighteen in the visual arts section of the uh, the iTunes podcast. So that's super rad. Um, I think that's the lowest number or you know highest actually uh, ranking that we've got so far. So all that is super rad. Um, but I was thinking about do I could do a little like how to video if people aren't necessarily. Um, web savvy if you want to donate to the podcast I, I could show you how via paypal so maybe i'll do that coming up here in the future and then also i could do a little how to subscribe if uh if there's anyone who has any um questions or any about uh, anything like that about uh how you go about doing those things because i know sometimes it could be a little bit daunting um with new technologies and such so with all that said ladies and gentlemen without further ado Mr. Michael Schwang. All right, let me uh, let me get us in the screen and uh oh, the alarm is going off. Oh shit! My alarm's going off. Is that the uh, is that the rapture alarm? Yeah, it's like remember to do this. So what's up, my friend? Uh, thank you very much for taking the time to do the show. I appreciate it. Oh, dude, thanks so much for having me even do it. All right, so right out right out the gate, I gotta get you to uh, pronounce your last name. Oh, it's a uh, it's actually sh- it's Xiong, like with a it's actually spelled X I O N G, but the uh, Romanized spelling is H S I U N G. So and then it and continues it, to not really correlate into English <laughs> properly, right? <laughs> exactly, it's uh, Xiong, but it means uh, bear, strangely. Awesome. Is that why uh, we see so many uh, bear references in the work? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, w- I wish it was the case. It just so happened that it was like that, which is rad. Um, you and I, I guess, did we have we met before we, we re-met back in San Francisco? Because we just ran into each other in San Francisco randomly last year. That's right, yeah. You know, I... Um, so I met you through Mike Stokey and Phil. I went. To, I remember going to uh, your art show. I think it was somewhere in um, it was like Koreatown area. But we went to the show, and uh, Phil actually had a piece of your old piece of yours, the giraffe they had painted on the box. Yeah. And um, I always been following your art ever since then. But I had met you a couple, of, you know, here and there um, at the shows and stuff. Does anyone ever see Mike anymore? What's that? Does anyone ever see Mike Stokey around anymore? 
Oh yeah, yeah. I see Mike every uh, once in a while. I see Mike. He's in like uh, I think he's in Prague right now, which is crazy. Yeah, he's all over the map. Oh, dude, he gets to travel everywhere. It's rad. So jealous. He's a tough guy to get a hold of these days. I can't. I can't ever get him on the line. Oh really? Yeah. Well, yeah. We'll have to do that, dude. He's. We'll get. We'll. Uh, yeah, you got to get him. He's awesome. He'll. Be I know. Good. I, I want to get him on the show. He's made some crazy uh, leaps and bounds in the last uh, like five oh, years. Yeah. Oh my god! When I when I used to know him, like when I first met him when we were kids, I didn't even know he drew. <laughs> he didn't draw anything, and then when I revisited LA, he was uh, drawing stuff, and I was like. I was like, oh, Rad, that, that's awesome. I had no idea he had the artistic talent at all. It, it killed. I did. Uh, he had me do a show at the um, at that frame shop and gallery that he was running for a while oh, yeah. over there in uh, yeah. Beverly. That's where yeah, I, that... I had that uh, that giraffe piece, actually. So it's funny. I remember. Go ahead. Piece. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Art piece, right? Yeah, that's what it was called. I was trying to remember what the name of it was. I couldn't think of what it was called. But, yeah. It was a really good show too. I uh, I had a really good time. Um, you're getting ready for a show in Philly, right? Coming up here at the Sling Left Gallery. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm pretty scared. It's gonna be off. I mean, I'm excited, but I'm totally frightened because I had never shown um, that many works and like I do draw. We're drawing, so it's gonna be. I'm excited, you know. But well, uh, it's I don't know. What's the What's the name of the show? It's a uh, human failure. Is human that... failure. <laughs> Where is there? Uh, is you know your work has a lot of um, human animal elements sort of working together and sort of uh, morphing into one another. Um, is there is there something to that human failure? Is there something specific that you see as a failure, or are you? Uh, what, what 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 types of things are you trying to get out there for this show? What type of ideas are, are going on with the new pieces? You know, I feel like, um, yeah, I mean, definitely. All of the characters or the stuff that I draw, like, it seems like they're, they're sort of failing, you know. And when I was doing the show, I had so many um, reservations on doing it. I was really, had a lot of anxiety about showing, I don't know, all the, you know, my sister, Oh, it's going to be a total failure. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be a horrible human failure. And she was laughing and, um, we were talking about how that would be a funny name for the show. <laughs> and then uh, all my pieces sort of fall in that, you know, I, I feel like, uh, I kind of, I don't know. I've been drawing things and all the characters have some kind of flaw purposely or not, you know? And, um, you know, I always draw, some of the characters have like six fingers and they should have five and it's just, my kind of human error on that part of paying attention constantly, you know. It's kind of funny. I, I was talking a bit about um, how expectations sort of drives me to be judgmental sometimes. Yeah, and totally. And I think that idea sort of of just like human, like ha human failure oh. is there's like an acceptance there. It's not necessarily like, well, you suck because you didn't do so well, but more of like, right. a, hey, we're human. Like, this is how shit goes down. Like, there's almost an acceptance to uh, some of that. Yeah. And I like, I mean, one of the joke, kind of my personal reasons calling it that it's like, I can't go wrong because it's like, I'm already titling it human failure. So if people are bummed on it, it's like, it, you know, it's yeah. uh, part of the show. <laughs> Keep expectations low. Yeah. That's yeah. hilarious. There's a, Mike Giant's been writing that on, uh, like, I think the new line that just came out on Rebel 8 oh, yeah. has a bunch of that 
lowering expectations since like 1989 or so you know something funny like that yeah i saw that that's so rad i mean that's that's perfect i mean i was making stickers that i called uh uh, what's it called like shitty 25 shitty stickers (laughs) just just to get people's expectation like i'm you know i'm printing them at home on the computer fucking packaging tape uh, you know taping them up cutting them out nothing like super expensive or special so all that expectations <laughs> i was uh i was looking through your blog and checking out some of the new stuff at least the newest drawings that were up and uh oh, really? I, I noticed the the dude with the beard leaf or the the oh, beard yeah. made out of leaves and i'm so glad i went and looked at it because i almost totally bit that idea but i, I had no <laughs> idea that i had seen it because yeah. i was doing these these new pieces i just did i did these guys with like full branch faces Brad. See, that's awesome, though. I mean, it's like, I think it's one of those uh, ideas that it's so obvious we all kind of work that, like, metaphor out, you know? Like, especially if you're into facial hair. Like, yeah. you're, totally, you're totally messing around with those ideas. And, like, you know, I had done something like that, and, and I was doing a freelance job where they wanted me to do something like the leaf beard. And so I would just keep going on the motif, and it was a lot of fun for me, you know? So it's kind of like how far how far and how weird you can get the whole like metaphor to go you know yeah. so if i see other people do it it's like i'm always like really stoked like that's rad you're you're thinking the exact same thing i'm thinking but we're doing it until two totally different ways you know yeah and i lucked out too because i sort of found a new angle to go because when i had i had did these like branch faces that's um, rad yeah and with the anticipation that i was going to paint leaves all over the branches you know like a tree yeah. type of deal and it had come out of this, out of this like really serious salvia trip that I took. Oh yeah, yeah. Where, I remember. I listened to those episodes. Nice. So yeah, like there was this like vine leaf sort of human growth thing that I wanted to try to replicate. And my, of course, my first instinct was, well, make make the beard be leaves. And I was like, well, I can make the <laughs> whole face be leaves. And then I like came uh, up with all these weird ideas, but the branches ended up turning into like these weird electrical circuit like brain systems you know so it, it turned into a whole another thing uh-huh. luckily enough i didn't i didn't totally bite your uh-huh. your shit there robot I, robot voice i can't yeah. hear anything that's all right i was just talking about me so it was the the recording will uh, get it uh, no still bad <laughs> robot voicing call me right back Sorry, dude. It totally got all crazy robot voice. No, that's okay. That's why I said to just go ahead and call me back. If okay. uh, it, we might be better off if we just um, we could just leave it. Uh, if you want to leave your video off, it'll probably okay. make it a little easier on the system. Yeah. How do I? Uh, I just hit the phone, right? And that'll hang. That'll hang up. Oh, okay. So you're We're good not- right now. You could just leave it like how it okay. is now. Awesome. Let's see, I uh. I had one of your drawings set up to be I'm like so a little. Sorry. I'm so thinking. sorry. Well, you, <laughs> it's it's no big deal. It's uh, it's the internet is a is a fickle mistress. <laughs> We've had a, a number of internet issues, and it's usually people calling their internets Mexican internets, but it sounds racist, so I don't want to say. Oh so, uh, yeah, I did some. My friend says that about. Me. I'm like, that's totally racist, dude. I have Chinese internet, dude. My internet's just fucked up. Yeah. Like yeah, I try. I, <laughs> I try not to repeat it, but it's so funny and it works. 
Um, well, when did you, obviously we all make stuff as kids. Did you did you have some early encouragement to to pursue fine art? Well, uh, you know, I, you know, pretty much I've been drawing my whole life. Like my sister Pearl, she's my older sister, so she's always drawing stuff, and um, she like really excelled. So I kind of she went to art school and she was a painter and everything, and I used to kind of get her to draw me things. Like actually, she would draw me like us had drawings and I would take them to school and sell them to people and like keep the money. Like I was like her agent at like 12, you know? Nice. So I, I was kind of drawing here and there and stuff, but um, I mean, I definitely was drawing the whole time, but not ever thinking of doing it seriously. So, so when, when, when did you hit that mark? Was there a moment that you remember where you were like, Hey, wait, I, I could do this thing and run with uh, it. Oh, it was, it was pretty weird. I mean, um, like, honestly, I, when I had, so I lived in San Jose for a really long time and, um, I decided to move out here and, uh, I quit my job out there and I moved it. I lived with my sister and her boyfriend and I was ran into Mike Stokey and Phil and all those guys. And I'd hang out with them. Mike was doing art. He would tell me to like draw and hang out. We would sit around, you know, listen to music and I would just draw stupid stuff to make those guys laugh. And, um, they would just kind of encourage me to do it. And I was like, all right, I would just keep drawing and drawing all these weird things. And uh, then I started, you know, I was working and then I was kind of drawing on the side, but then I was actually getting like jobs or, you know, getting stuff on the, as well. So they were kind of competing with me, but that's basically how I started doing art. <laughs> was, um, has comedy always been something uh, like a part of your personality? Like all, a lot of your drawings are, are like whimsical and have like this, like, undercurrent of uh of comedy to him like a, a comedic folly almost yeah i mean i think it like yeah if you get to know me i'm a i'm a total like silly comedic like folly person dude i'm totally you know and it's so it's so humor is just something that's really fun to me i like when i meet people and they're funny it's just just like icebreaker you get to really know the core of the person so I'm totally goofy. If you came up to me and said anything, I would probably laugh and be stoked, you know? Yeah. It's funny. I think we see that, like, certain, um, like, avenues of creative types, like, in the art that they, that they create. Like, some people will be, uh, like, more on the comedic as aspect or side of, of making things or, may, you know, like, something more surreal right. or something more serious, like, has to have this tone of, like angst sometimes I, and mm -hmm. i think it's refreshing to have all of those in you know in one small art community right oh yeah definitely i mean it's like you kind of get you know everybody's got a different uh, i mean i think like no matter what and there's always humor in a lot of people's work and it's one of those kind of like grounding aspects of when you meet someone who can make fun of themselves and see the humor and, and what they do and for me it's like i it's like I, uh, the best thing is to get people to laugh. I, I think that's the best, and uh, get to know them better that way. You know. Yeah, it uh, it creates some some strange bond, as yeah, opposed definitely. to like maybe like an egotistical like like uh, like a snobbery sometimes in like some yeah. like the intellectual type. Yeah, definitely. I think it makes it you, you know you more uh, approachable as an artist or a person or whatever. I mean, I get a lot of emails from people. I think through the art, they find the humor and. Uh, maybe an element of it makes it like, oh, I could just like, oh, you know, write him. And so they write me and I always answer and I get rad emails and people are, you know, I get really like funny ones and awesome comments. And I, I like, I love it. You know, that's what it's all about. Yeah, sure. Folks. 
And it's something like there's like I I was just watching something recently about uh, just uh, smiling and how like what sort of weird mental effects take place in the exchange of smiles just in strangers walking on the street, you know? Yeah. Like it does something to our brain chemically or physically or or there's some sort of uh, electromagnetic sort of connection that takes place when we when we exchange certain um, certain facial expressions. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's obviously, great. but you know, it, it goes even deeper than just like, oh, that guy looks nice, or that that person yeah. looks like an asshole. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, I there's mean, actually yeah. a process happening. Yeah, and I re- rather have the process that people were like, oh, that's really, that seems funny. That guy seems awesome. I will talk to him, and oh, I, you know, this image makes me kind of like laugh at myself or something. Do you think that, that um, asshole just sucks? <laughs> Do you think it makes it hard to be um, serious sometimes if you want to be or like get yeah. angry? Like it's almost like if you got angry and you're the guy that's happy all the time, like yeah. it's almost like a, it's almost like it, uh, amplified. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it makes it you kind of. Yeah, no, I can see that you kind of get it stuck in it, you know, and it's like then. If, yeah, if you express a different emotion, it could be a little bit more shocking or weird, you know, I wonder amplified. If- I wonder if angry types get stuck in that too. Like, oh, I'm an asshole all the time. That's like the role I'm supposed to play. Uh, that's such a bummer. Yeah, and it, that's what sucks. Like, even when I meet people who are really, um, you know, like uh, antagonistic or just have a bad attitude, it's like I try everything just to sort of. Re- I'm like, you know, it's so much easier to get along and just relax. And you can always find a commonality. And it's always through humor, you know, and I'm willing to like sacrifice that part of my, my personality where. Like, the guy can have a laugh, and then, like, if everybody's fine, he can share a drink and have a good time. Can we talk a little bit about, like, the materials and processes you go through? Like, your drawings are really wild. They always have, um, there's a lot of, like, nautical, um, mythological type of themes that seem to be running through it. Do you, um, do you sort of just freestyle it out, just let it be what it is, or do you have an idea of what, um what you're trying to get on paper before you start? Uh, you know, I, I think when I started, it was pretty much like a freestyle. I would sketch a lot of shapes and uh, kind of form things. And then when I was sort of c- coming up with characters and whatnot, like I, I, I was always interested in mythology and nautical stuff, like you said, and those come into play. And then um, the more I started drawing and developing more, like now I, I kind of come with a, I try to come with an idea, but, a lot of it's freeform, you know, it's like I'll draw a shape of a character and I'll race and I don't like it and I'll draw another shape, start overlapping and then I'll, I'll sort of combine them. It's like I'm playing a drawing game with myself, you know, mm-hmm. a little bit. Your titles are, are pretty humorous too as well. Do you, do you ever uh, like just come up with a title before you have a drawing done for it? You know, no, you know, they're always afterwards. I think it's like something I kind of try to uh, save and reward for myself. Which is like, because I, I, so I studied English. I was an English major. I was told, I'm super into books. I love reading. And um, that's like the one way where I think that nerd part of me is sneaking it in is the titles. I'm a big fan of like, you know, all those old uh, Don Quixote or like Don Juan, just sort of the long extended title of explanations. So I would just kind of like work those in, but, you know, like for the title of my work and people seem to like respond to it. So it was kind of awesome. But, they're fun, like, it's personal, you know. Is there a stereo playing in the background? 
Uh, I think so. Let me close right, TV, can you try to turn it down? Hey, can you turn it down? <laughs> Sorry, is that better? Yeah, it's perfect. I saw. I saw also on the blog. You hit, some people have uh, been getting tattoos of your drawings. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, do you yeah. Do you have any tattoos? I, I don't. I don't yet. I'm. I'm. I. I actually want some, and I have some picked out. And I'm, I really want to. I want to get a friend. So I'm like, I'm such a wimp with pain, dude. I'm totally freaked out. I'm such a wuss. Yeah, they hurt. Yeah, that's what they, dude, people will be like, oh, it feels like a thousand wasps stinging you. I'm like, man, fuck. Like I just keep, you know. But, um, but the, yeah, the fun part though is when you first start getting tattooed, that endorphin rush that you get from it. Your body, yeah. your body, when you know. When you get in pain, your body has ways to give us natural sort of pain relief. I'm afraid that no, I don't have any of those left. <laughs> you yeah, know? use it all up. <laughs> yeah, use it all up, and suddenly just uh, nothing comes in. It's just like sharp needles. No, but I think I'm going to get one. I want to get one soon, and I just got to find the, uh, I don't know, the moment, I guess. It sounds stupid, but yeah. No, it's important, and especially as we get older. Like, I got my first one at 20, which... Seems almost late now from a lot of the people that are as tattooed as I am. They usually start at like 16. Oh, yeah. 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 Something crazy. My mom actually bought my first tattoo for me. Oh, that's so awesome. My parent, oh man, my mom, that would be insane. My mom is like an old school Chinese lady from Taiwan. They were totally not down with tattoos, but uh, Pearl. She like totally, she got one first, came back, and they were fine with it. She kind of broke the gate. Nice. But I, I'm surprised I didn't get one after Pearl. Like that's the thing. That's weird. Uh, and speaking of that, Pearl's your sister, right? Yeah. Well, this uh, is. Yeah, obviously. I guess we're talking about your parents. You guys do uh, a collective, right, or a part of a collective? Well, uh, me and Pearl like decided uh, for this event that my girlfriend started called Bitchcraft. Me and Pearl decided to do collaborations together. We never did it ever, and uh, we were calling it. A, uh, fight to the death because it's something my dad used to yell at us when we were fighting. <laughs> so we we're like, maybe we could do a collaborative project together, and uh, if we don't kill each other, like it'll be rad, you know. Like here, here it is, and we'll give a print to my dad every time. And be like, hey, we didn't fight to the death. Nice. Were you guys scrappy as kids? God, I mean, we really got along, but when we used to get in fights, like it was bad. I think I threw a like a fan at Pearl and. I think she scratched my the back of my neck and like gave me. I had to get stitches. Like we fought pretty gnarly. Yeah, me and my it. sister used to get scrappy too. It's funny how that <laughs> how like adolescence does that. Oh yeah, definitely. But we're soup we're so close now, and we're like you know like I love her to death. But yeah, at the time when we were kids, we were just like throwing shit at each other. Yeah, know? totally. But uh, I was. What about the um, human pyramids thing? Is oh, that? Yeah. A- yeah, so um, a friend of mine, uh, Hoven, he's, uh, his name's Hoven Wayne, he started Human Pyramids. And it's like, it was basically like an international artist collective that he, he basically, he met all these different artists traveling around. And um, I knew an artist from Brazil named Piccoli, who I just knew through Flickr, like just the internet, never met in real life. And she was coming out to LA to do a show with the Human Pyramids at Ghetto Gloss. So she had asked if she could come by and stay at our house, and we were like, definitely. And she came and visited, and we got along really well. I was a big fan of her stuff, and um, I took, you know, I just helped them out and we helped them install the show, and just 
you know, kind of hung around, took some photos, observed, and we all just kind of got along as a, a group. And then they invited me to be in it, so it was awesome. Nice. So it's a it's a worldwide gang then. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, it's like a power numbers kind of thing. Um, there's people in Scotland and France, and yeah, we just uh, once a year we're basically doing group shows, and then um, you know, it's kind of like when something. If I get in a show, I always try to get the rest of the human pyramid guys in the show. Like, oh, you should check out this person. You should check out this person, kind of thing. You guys got your own little Masonic lodge. You guys have a secret handshake. <laughs> no, we don't. Uh, you should work on that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's uh, narwhals that show up quite a bit in your work. Is that still? Are they still making uh, appearances? You know that I, mythical yeah, I, creature. No, it's a real creature though, but it's sort of mystical. Exactly. Like you know, I think um, the, the narwhal itself that it comes in and out of my work, and I sort of incorporate it with other characters, like the merman. I put you know, I had a, like a uni merman. He's sort of the most eccentric of all merman. And he's got a horn and stuff, and I like to put those, you know, insert that animal everywhere here, here and there. But um, I mean, I don't think I'm drawing it like that much, but it's it's everywhere. The mystical, you know, the power of the narwhal. I know it stands out. I think just knowing about it. <laughs> yeah, I remember when I I was like reading about it. At the, I worked at a museum, and I was like printing out pages and just printing stuff just about the narwhal. It was weird. I had like I still have a Manila folder filled like. You know, printouts of like narwhals and and like unicorns and all the the shit people wrote about them. I uh, there's all those old. I love all the old um, like mariner maps that have the oh, old yeah. sea creatures drawn on them. Oh there's, yeah, Olus Olus Magnus, like the guy, the one of the. I mean, the one with the sea creatures is a Swedish like map maker, Olus Magnus, and his stuff is so. It's just like amazing. I've always been a fan, but he he has all the original drawings like. You know, Merman and the Kraken and all these different renditions. And uh, his titles are also, like, a lot of my titles are in direct reference to his titles in the book he has about Scandinavian people because it's so funny. Like, they're so descriptive, but the style they're written in, there's a lot of humor in it for me personally. I gotta, I gotta look into it because, you know, like, I'm sort of getting information secondhand via the tattoo world because of, you know, the involvement of sailors at an early, oh, yeah. at the beginning of, of tattooing, you know? So, oh, yeah. like, a lot of that stuff shows up in the old school flash and, and you know, has passed on into the to the new school as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, <coughs> he's like, I'm, that's a tattoo I thought of, too. It's like Olus Magnus' uh, old works and drawings. There's, there, I actually always think about drawing, like, a map that way with my own creatures in it, but I've never, like, gotten around to it to sitting down and doing it. Now you got it. You just put it on, you just put it out there on the interwebs. Yeah, definitely. This, this podcast has, has got me to commit to a lot of things, man. Yeah. I think it's a weird one, man. It's like, shit, I, I I said it on record. I guess I have to follow through. (laughs) It's kind of a good encouragement. It's like, sometimes I'll do time-lapse paintings just to sit down and like paint for a solid chunk of time. And so, not take those weird breaks that uh, procrastination allows uh, us. I take that. Uh, yeah, I'm so bad at that, dude. I take so many procrastination breaks. That's probably why I'm on the interweb so much. You know, <laughs> it's like draw stop. Oh, write this. Like you know, check this out. Like oh, post this. You know, draw again. Like draw facial hair. Stop. <laughs> is um, 
you know, you mentioned the merman, and obviously we were talking about the maps and stuff. Did uh, yeah. is there any like evolutionary biology sort of references to some of these things, like the sort of duality of of us creatures and man, like like how we think we're so we're we're so separated from what nature is, and you know, there's that idea that we even go through all like the 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 forms of life as a, during our just our gestation you know it's like we're a, we're an amphibian for a while we're a, we're you know we're a fish we're a, we're a uh, reptilian of some sort and then we grow into a mammal you know in all the in that in the growth process maybe not reptilian but <laughs> it depends on who you're asking that that's some conspiracy shit oh i like it no it's it's a really good point because i mean in a weird way when i'm you know, when I'm drawing the merman, it's like, I, I'm always, there's always sort of like, and uh, part of the ridiculous that I think about it, like, I always draw mermen on rafts, you know, like, they can't swim, they have to have, like, artificial device, they have canes, watches, things that are totally useless, but there's that, you know, like, yeah. oh, and I have one drawing where um, all the mermen, so always the mermen are always drinking, because the kind of joke for myself is that, they, you know, they drink and get dehydrated and die, like, there's just, you know, it's kind of a ridiculous thing for me. So I always like to put in these uh, scenarios with mundane objects and things that don't, like, they don't make any sense, you know? Yeah, especially a creature that's meant to be in water to die. Yeah. Dehydration is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. He, dr he drinks himself to death, you know? And, like, you know, they all the mermen are drinking and hanging out. And, like, that's why you never hear about mermen. You only hear about mermaids because they go out with sailors. All the mermen are just hanging up with dudes and drinking and getting wasted. Like, that's why they're all extinct. That's hilarious. Yeah. Well, like, there was that one piece that I, that I saw that it was like the merman drinking on the couch, and on the wall was, <laughs> oh, a, yeah. was a picture yeah. of a fish, almost like like the old family history. It yeah. felt like, <laughs> yeah, totally like a suburban merman, like fat, you know, fat kind of dude watching TV and just like complacent, you know, and just like he doesn't need a couch, he doesn't need a TV, he doesn't need any of these drawings, you know, he's a He's a fucking merman. But. <laughs> he, and they are, they're always sophisticated, though. It's like its like half in the ditch and half sophistication. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, story of my life. <laughs> I'm glad. It, it shows through in the work. <laughs> that mustache really brings a, an air of sophistication as well. Is that sort of... Actually, the, it brings a little both. It's like you get in the ditch a little bit with a mustache, but then yeah. you, can, you, know, you can exactly. have a little bit of sophistication with it as well. Yeah, exactly. It's like if you trim it, you're, you know, everybody's like, oh, look at this uh, distinguished gentleman. And you twist it with a little wax. But if you don't cut it or shave it like, the, you know, half of us, it's like, oh, look at that scumbag. You know? <laughs> yeah, I uh, I think you pull you pull both off. I pull, yeah, I, I, I live in both those worlds. Exactly. <laughs> it's good. Maybe I, I try to do that as well. Like it, it keeps the ego in check. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you just uh, I think you just complimented me with that dirt bag. I like it. I you know, mine <laughs> comes out in the winter time. It's it's just how it is. Nice. I wish I could grow a beard. I would and I would fulfill the like hide my my hide my whole face oh, from dude, the world. You yeah. totally could grow a beard. I say just go for it. Oh, uh, I you know my my girlfriend's actually betting me 20 bucks to do it in July and I pretty much have a goatee. I'm going to have a Fu Manchu and fulfill every stereotype. It's gonna be awesome. I'll uh, I'll pitch five on it. <laughs> I got I want the full beard though. I don't want just yeah. the Fu Manchu though. Yeah, I don't I don't want like a Judge Ito. I don't want a full Manchu. I a want a Judge fucking... Ito. That's a 
That's <laughs> was that a 1991 reference? Yeah, yeah. Shit. I don't know if anyone listening remembers who Joe Gito is. Yeah, full beard, full beard. Yeah, right. I, I say go for it. No trim, just let it grow how, how nature <laughs> intended it to do. I think that's that's the important part about growing beards is for men yeah. it, it's important to at one point in your life let just let it grow how it's supposed to grow. Exactly. Your, I mean that's that's how I grew my mustache. Uh, people were like, It's impossible. You're Chinese, you have no facial hair, you have no arm hair, no leg hair. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna grow it and I just went for it and uh, it appeared. And I won't shave because they might not grow back. <laughs> no, it will for sure. I uh I'm actually. No, I'm still. It's a part of my conspiracy, part of my personality. I'm like, dude, I, I'm afraid to. I'm really afraid to. Then you should definitely. You should shave it off for summer then, and then yeah. start start fresh once <laughs> at the end of summer. Yeah, it's yeah, it's true. I might have to do it. I uh, I'm totally going against all of those things. So I'm gonna do the um, like the Muslim uh, Amish beard. Right. Just I, the underneath. Yeah, that's nice underbeard. Yeah, because I got. My my beard is Scotch Irish, uh-huh. so it grows all under the jawline. Oh man! And then I grow a funny mustache too to go along with it. But there's like no sideburns to it, and if, <laughs> when it starts growing, it looks like you can't grow a beard. But as soon <laughs> yeah. as as soon as the neck beard grows in, it's on. Oh, uh, see, at least it, at least it's complete because I I've, I've always had that thing where it's like half beard or something it's like somebody dipped their hand in like paint and tried to choke you, and it's like just the half, <laughs> you know. Just like the pattern of a hand mark, like that's the beard I, I yeah, I grew. You know, I, I say let it rock, my friend. Yeah, I'm gonna go for it. I gotta try it. All right, um, you're well. Let's uh, again plug your show uh, coming up. Is it? Ah, uh, is it June fourth? June fourth, yeah, it's June fourth at the uh, Sling Bluff Gallery in in Philly, Philadelphia. I'm excited because we're gonna fly out there, and I've never been out there. And then we're going to fly to uh, Pittsburgh, actually, which I'm pretty stoked on, too. Nice. Yeah. That's, uh, all my relatives are out there in Pittsburgh. Rad, rad. Yeah, I mean, I hope people, you know, I just got a bunch of drawings. I never really put them in a collection. And uh, hopefully, yeah, new, new and abused works. So. Well, um, let's, uh, let's plug your website. And you're on the Twitters and the Facebooks and everything, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's always uh, it's, uh, Michael C., my middle initial, Shung, H-S-I-U-N-G. Yeah, that's a tough last name, my friend. I know, I know, right? Hey, yeah, uh, just find me on uh, Michael uh, C H S Q W X Y Z N O G. It's like foreign name. No one's gonna remember that shit. Well, I'll put all the stuff up on the blog. And, yeah, thanks, uh, dude. Get everybody over to the show, all the Philly fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hope the interview was, you know, some informative about something. I don't know. No, you did awesome. You want to turn your, your screen back on so we can do internet dap? Sure. I took off my shirt. Nice. <laughs> Just kidding. Do you have chest hair? Uh, no, I have, I have like one chest hair split into two split ends. Awesome. Nothing. Yeah, like, like Homer Simpson M, kind of? Yeah. yeah. Nice. All right, my friend, let's do internet dap. All right, brother. Thank you very much. I appreciate right, your time. Thanks, awesome. Thanks, dude. Have a great night. All right, later, man. Later. When first I come to Liverpool, I went upon a 
spree May money at last I spent too fast Got drunk as drunk could be And when my money was all gone Twas then I wanted more But a man must be blind To make up his mind To go to sea once more I spent the night with Angeline Too drunk to roll in bed My watch was new and my money too In the morning with them she fled And as I roamed the streets about The horse they all would roll Here comes Jack Rack, the young sailor lad He must go to sea once more And when 
the shades of night come in, we rest on our weary old. Twas then I wished that I was dead or safe with the girls ashore. So you'll go to see no more. 